And here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name, obviously, is Eddie Cohn, host, creator of The Spiritual Spiral, and thrilled you're here. Thanks for listening. Appreciate your support. We'll be getting to the conversation very soon. Polly Humphreys joins me again on the show today. She's an actor, writer, friend of mine here in Los Angeles. And I wanted to speak to Polly about our strange societal obsession with actors. Like, why do we care so much about what actors are doing and thinking? And why is their point of view and perspective so important? And I think a lot of this came up from my consuming, reading Neil Portman's book, Amusing Ourselves to Death. It really opened up my eyes and world to this idea of our addiction to being entertained. Like, as long as we're entertained, nuance doesn't matter, perspective doesn't matter. As long as we're emotionally entertained, we're, we're satisfied. And I think a lot of times actors and TV shows fill that void. They're entertaining us. They're, they're uh, titillating us for who knows what reason. And, and I just think our priorities potentially are really um, off the deep end and out of whack. And it's, it's like, who, who do you look up to? You know, who are you elevating in your life? And I, and I was listening to this, this podcast earlier where, this, this gentleman is, is questioning our culture's um, priorities, you know, what it values and, and religion and, and um, family, community. It's, it's like all these staples and important parts of our lives are being usurped by social media and Hulu and actors. And, and why do we care? And I really feel like we need to have a self-exploratory examination um, internally, obviously, and, and really pay attention to who we pay attention to. Where is our free time going? Is it going to Hulu all day? And, and I think if these people, actors, weren't so good-looking, would we care? If they weren't on a big screen and transporting us to the Matrix, or you know, would we care so much? So I think these are questions that I became interested in, and, and I, I think also I, I just watched the Val Kilmer documentary, so that sort of um, percolated these, these emotions and feelings that I'm having right now, and, and I felt it was an important conversation to have. So I'll leave you with that. You know where to find me on Instagram, at Eddie Cohn, or the Spiritual Spiral Podcast, or Twitter, Um, Again, big, enormous thanks to Polly Humphreys for joining me on today's episode. And thank you to you for listening and supporting, subscribing, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. something you hear me now i do yeah nice and crisp oh crispy <laughs> oh gosh God. you know i was thinking there's there's so much that we could our our last podcast was one of the most downloaded podcasts i've ever had so uh the stakes are high 
God, no pressure. As I'm sitting here feeling brain dead. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. A little backstory. I read Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Portman. It came out in the 80s. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was talking about it um, with Mark Maron. And Joseph has been very vocal about, he even did a TED Talk, he, he was very vocal about the destruction that social media is, is sort of creating. Uh, and this book came out in the 80s, and it talks about more the television and how, uh, it, obviously the parallels are obvious with social media now, but it, it sort of touches on we as human beings are enthralled and so enamored by this idea of just being entertained. Like, Correct. Like, yes. like, so I then, like, so it really opened up, I swear I'll let you talk in like probably a minute or so. It really opened up my brain to a whole new world of like, wow, how we can be so content to just sort of like be home all day and, and, and watch Netflix or Hulu. And then I started to think, where did we become so enamored with actors and actresses? So then this leads me to that same week, my friend told me to watch the Val Kilmer documentary on Amazon. And there's a lot to unspool here, of course, but um, I really watched the film, thought it was good, but I couldn't help but think, why do I care? What, like, why do I care about Val Kilmer? Like, here's a guy, before I let you talk, because I know you're like jumping at the bit here. Here's a guy that, like, I guess he's done some okay work. He, he went to Juilliard, Juilliard. Clearly, he's a talented actor. Yeah. Um, but then I started to think, why do we care so much about actors? I know a lot there to unspool. And, and the irony is you're an actor. And, right. And, and I guess my point here is, is that I understand, like, I almost feel like film, it's not even the actor's medium. Like, it's the director's medium or it's the screenwriter's medium. And it's, it's, it's like, have we just been hoodwinked to pay so much attention to actors because of, like, Access Hollywood and, and, and uh, Entertainment Tonight and, and they're good looking? Uh, have we all been sort of hoodwinked and put our attention towards the wrong auteur? Uh, speaking on behalf of actors everywhere. <laughs> no, I know, but but I, I'm very curious because I really did find myself. I was struck by the fact that I was so amazed that Val Kilmer is holding a camera with him everywhere he's going, and this is before now. Well, but, well, but but okay. So, so first of all, like, I guess, am I? We we have a lot of, we have a lot of different things to talk. Yeah, about. there's a lot of layers there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, starting with um, the Val Kilmer film itself, you know, it, it, I don't think that that is a film that you should that 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 is a part of your question about why we care so much about actors. Uh, it is a really personal, um, very, very sad, um, uh, last hurrah. And it's not even a hurrah. It's a last like, uh, for a guy, he never expected to make this film. 
He never expected his career to be cut short while he was just beginning to, in his mind, hit his stride. Hmm. You know, he, I mean, he, yes, he's made a million movies. You know, I, I haven't seen that many Val Kilmer movies. Um, he's not an actor of importance to me, which makes him a good person for me to talk about this way because he's, he's sort of, you know, he's a guy who had an okay career. He had an interesting career. He certainly had a consistent career. Yeah. But, wait, wait, but, hold on. Sorry. My, him, my cats are like freaking out. I don't know. You hear they're them. All... They're like, they're like yeah. fighting. Please. I, I don't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. Um, he was, but he was, you know, what, what's interesting and weird and, and what makes this an interesting sort of flawed self-portrait hmm. is that just by chance, he was a guy who loved to turn on cameras from the time he was a little kid. Yeah. You know, and all this footage of himself so that when he was struck with uh, tragedy, that is the, the taking away of his instrument it, at the point in his career where he was starting to take charge and wanted to make his own stuff. You know, he was making that, that uh, the Mark Twain thing mm -hmm. that he felt was going to be his, his epic thing. And he was, he was, you know, he got cancer and was unable to speak and was in, unable to ever finish his kind of artistic quest so what are you going to do then? You know, it's you a lifetime. I'm just, let me finish this yeah, one. Sorry. You've got a lifetime full of these movies that you've taken of yourself and everybody else that you've worked with. So you make your sad movie, you know, like someone else would have written a memoir, would have written something. Yes. You didn't have to write something because he had all this film and that was the way he always wanted to express himself. Like some of that footage, you know, a lot of it is, you know, he just is carrying a camera and he turns it around and looks at himself. But there are other parts where it's like he set up a camera or someone did it for him and he did this. Like he was like kind of keeping, you know, the original keeping a video diary before that was a thing. And, and there's all that stuff about, you know, making movies with his brother who died so young. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that the case of the Val Kilmer movie, we can talk about both of the things, but to me, the Val Kilmer movie isn't really an ill, is, is, let, is a less clear um, uh, case of an actor getting our attention because they're an actor. You know, Val Kilmer was like, I'm not getting any attention anymore because my shit's done. So yeah. let me make this thing and throw it at you. That's, I guess, let's, t let's talk about that. I guess that's what I felt, though. It felt to me like I'm not satisfied with my career or maybe the attention or accolades that I've gotten over the years. I am going to make this documentary um, to hopefully get people to respect me. And it, it felt manipulative and it felt um, not heartfelt. Like, look, clearly there was heart put into this. I was moved by it, but I also was really struck by those scenes where, and again, this this goes to this whole gray area of our, our, our artists, in this case, actors, 
doing it because of the craft or are they doing it because they love the attention? And there is this strange, and I've spoken, I've spoken to both of them. And there's those, a couple scenes where he's on set with um, Marlon Brando and he's having, this, he's having this tiff with the director and he refuses to turn the camera off. And there's this other scene where he's either debating or, or having a conflict with either his ex-wife or his lawyer about custody and the freaking camera is on. And it's sort of like, it is, I almost, I really felt like he was foreshadowing our culture's obsession with attention, fame, dopamine. Like he didn't have any clue. I should, this isn't about me. It's the director's film. I need to turn off the camera and listen. Like his, his ego and perspective was so warped because he's so, and I, last thing. And then I, and then I felt like, is he even aware of, of what's appropriate? Like I should turn my camera off because I'm talking to my, my lawyer. <laughs> I'm just, those are some things that I really thought about when I was watching it. Okay. And I would say that he, uh, so the, the, you know, the thing where he was fighting with the director, I mean, they were having a real conflict about this and, and he was using his then video camera, the way that people use their cell phones now. Hmm. He was, he says, I need a witness. Yes. And that's why he doesn't turn it off. He want, because he felt that, you know, as he says about that director, you can say, you know, action and cut all you want to, you're not a director. The, the original director was fired. They brought him on. Brando decided he was not going to do anything anymore because he hated this guy. It, it's clear that everybody on that set, was miserable. So, yes. so he was kind of being a dick. Yeah. And he was also kind of saying, I want people to hear how we're being treated. So I'm filming this. And that I think is the same case, you know, it, it's intrusive. Um, but it kind of foreshadows mm. something else that's going on now, which mm. is sorry, the, the Venice noise. It's but okay. uh, um you know, people having their cell phone cameras on whenever anything starts to go wrong to document it. Yeah. He was doing that with a, with a, you know, VHS camera. Um, and, and I do, but, but I don't think he made this because he, I, I don't think the, you know, he, the lack of attention that, that thing that you're saying about needing attention Every performer has. You have it. Yeah. And but it, and, but it it's not like this sickness, you know. It's not a. Um, it's not that the attention was taken away from him. It's that he hadn't finished expressing himself as an artist, and he's and he's never going to have that opportunity. It's gone. It's done. His voice is never coming back. He's not going to be handsome again. He's not going to be healthy again. So he he created this uh, as kind of almost like an epitaph, you know. And it's I mean it's sad and it's horrible. And now it's I've really read hard to watch, and he's kind of repulsive. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, Which, I, absolutely. Also, I think Ben says to the viewer who maybe, you know, who is seeing it, like, why does he want me to look at him? Why does he want me to watch this? He's gross. He wants you to because he needs to finish the story. 
Yeah, but I, I also think that he is probably realizing that he was... Look, I, I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect you and, and your craft and what you do as an actor, but I think there is something to be said about people that do get fed up with being in such a superficial, potentially superficial business. And he's, I, one, he's certainly one of those people. He made that clear. Yeah, I mean, that is clearly a point. And, and I, I guess I, I'm not trying to separate, you know, authors... Um, I, I look, there's a fine line. You know, when I, I, I spend a year and a half on a record, I'm doing it because I truly feel called to do it. Right. Um, getting people to buy it, getting people to listen and watch, I, 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 I get frustrated that that is any part of what I have to do. Yeah. I, I guess there's something about the way that we as a culture um, lionize actors yeah, and, and because you, it's because you see them. Hmm. It's because you look at them. Yeah, but you know? I but I also feel like it's it's strange. But I, I just read this article about you know the shift in the movie industry and 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 now it's all streaming and it, it's so complicated. But there's something about look, I I parasite. I forget his name. Clearly, there's actors, directors that are true filmmakers. Steven Soderbergh, although I didn't like his latest film with Don Cheadle, I thought it was mediocre at best. I, 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 he, to me, is a filmmaker. These, these, they're true, arts, true artists in the film industry. But it feels like it's, it's not about the craft or the art. I, I really feel like... Um, well, because there are different kinds of movies. Clearly, there are movies, yeah. And, and, there are di- and, and the industry makes actors into well, it doesn't mm. it doesn't entirely do it but the industry is all about you know having you fall in love with whoever the latest whoever is they you know america's sweetheart you know um uh they they want us to you know whoever the the latest like hunky guy whoever the latest you know relatable gal the, the, the industry places them in uh, pu- publicity sorts of situations in which they are being made into that. Um, and, and of course, you know, actors go with it um, because it's, it's what makes careers huge. Yeah, and, and I'm not, I, I guess I feel like the combination of watching that movie and then reading the book, oh, it was Johnny Depp who was talking about today, about sort of the the implosion of the industry. I think I've reached a tipping point where, um, and I don't know if it's just my priorities. Uh, I don't. I, I think it's become very clear that that the PR machine, the entertainment machine, is trying to get us to feel a particular way about famous people. And I think our our priorities about who's really important in this world is completely out of whack. And well, so yes. Uh, but 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 having someone who is completely important, having it is human nature. You started with this mm-hmm. to want to have um, archetypes, to want to have people to look up to, and I I you know I, so this is a conversation involving you and and your friend Polly, who's a little bit of a dummy, but who has ideas about things. So we'll just go keep going. Yeah, of course, no, but- Wait, 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 because let me say, because what I was gonna say is, I would venture a guess that before movies, and and I know this is true, 
you know, there were plays and plays were done um, for in secular settings. But before that, they were done in temples and churches and those settings to teach morality. Hmm. And you betcha they didn't get like the ugly weirdo to play in those things. They, they got, you know, the best looking person in the village who was also the most um, virtuous so that people would look up to them. And, you know, and before that, guaranteed that, you know, when it was just kind of a crowd of like hairy people, yeah. the strongest, most uh, charismatic in their hairy, hairy way was the person that everybody looked up to. Like it is in human nature. And, you know, people also create mythical gods you know we've got all the uh sorry anybody who's religious but all of the you know jesus and buddha and moses and you know um vishnu like all those dudes and and women i there are women artemis but they're all superhuman yeah because we want someone to be like oh my god let me be like them let me let me be like Buddha or Tom Cruise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. I, I think, I guess I'm really question. You know, I. It's so weird. I have a friend who has a, um, who has a woman who has underarm hair, and I hadn't seen her in in years, and I was I was I was saying to Emmy, and we were even talking. It's like, where did this cultural shift happened where underarm hair became, you know, de like demean, not demeaning, um, uh, repulsive. Gross. Gross. To only with women. Men don't have to do it. No, but that's the thing. So I, of course, the weirdo that I am, I go to re I go online and type in like underarm hair online. And I come to find out back in like the early 1900s, Gillette had a huge uh, stronghold on the men's market. And they, uh, this, these clothing designers in fashion magazines started to show women in dresses. And so Gillette and these fashion designers started to think, huh, how can we make women, you know, maybe, maybe even start to feel insecure about their bodies. And so they, so they started to show women uh, wearing these dresses with shaved armpits for the first time. And so Gillette's market just like went through the roof over the next like five, 10 years. And I just, I think it got me thinking like how, how easily manipulated, I, I'm not trying to, to demean people that act. I just, I think uh, our, again, our, I've said it before, our lionization and our adoration towards, and the way that we, just are in awe of what they do. It's it, it's sort of like you are pretending you're acting to be somebody else. Why is that something that is worthy of 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 people just falling on their face when Leonardo DiCaprio walks by? Oh, yo, Eddie, this is a whole nothing. Now no, we're getting all right. No, but wait, because hold on, hold on. Like, but I feel the same way about sports too. I mean, it really um, frustrates me. And, and, and I bring this up because over the last 18, 20 months, I, I know that people are, their whole lives have been uprooted 
because of yeah. what's going on. Meanwhile, because I'm a huge sports fan, you know, I read Chris Paul gets $40 million. You know, the NBA is still doing this. People, you know, the NFL is still making all this money. I just, there's a lot of here, but I just, I, I don't know our culture's priorities I'm hoping is is potentially shifting. I do love movies. I just don't know if the the attention and the money that they're all getting is 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 worth it. Well, right. Okay. So the money in sports and in entertainment is insane. Right. The money in um high level corporate positions is also insane. So I, I think the, you know, if the money is offensive, um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot more, there are many more places to look for people making offensive amounts of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So, um, the, the attention, here's the thing. People who are pretending to be other people, they don't, that's not a random thing that you just do. People who, who are writing about other people hmm. are also pretending to be inside another person. Okay. And yeah. what they're writing is meant to be performed. Someone has to fill it. And, and film, you brought, you said this before that it was, you know, perhaps not the actor's medium, but it's a collaborative medium. It, actors and directors need each other, hmm. um, and and the writers, authors, people. When often, you know, people write parts with specific actors in mind because they know how that person can fill what they've written. Um, bad acting is unbearable. <laughs> yes, and you know, and there's a shitload of it. It's all over the place. But when an actor really reaches into their own personal, you know, well of joy and pain and, and acts from their heart, it's incredible. And yeah. you know that because you've seen it. Um, and they get to that place with the aid of a director um, the flip side of that coin is film is a medium that is visual and it's not just the performance of the actor. It's the framing of the shot. It's the music. It's the, it's everything else that the director brings to it. And when a director reaches into their most creative place, it's incredible. And the, the best of all is when you have actors and directors who are, who are inspiring one another and then you get something extraordinary. Yeah. And but but the admiration part that that societal thing that you're talking about is a whole separate thing. So there are people, you know, you you and I and other people admire uh, actors and directors who and, and musicians and, you know, um, everyone else involved in a film who give us something that really moves us and. Um, but there's the, you know, but then there's the Marvel franchises. Right. You know what I mean? Then those are designed. The, it is the reason it's a franchise and they're going to keep making them and making them and making them. And I think we talked about this the last time. I think we did. But it's because every single time 
You know, you get to see whoever the fuck it is playing Luke, whatever the fuck. And you're like, yeah, he's there again. Oh, he beat those guys up. And he's so, he's still so fucking great. And, and those are the actors that I think that's what you're talking about. That's, that is manipulation. Yeah. You know, that is, and, and believe me, the entertainment industry is all about making money. That like any other industry, that that's what they want to do. So if they can convince someone that, you know, um, whoever, uh, oh my God, there's, it's on the tip of my tongue. There's an actor right now that I'm thinking of, but anyway, I'm, I'm not, it's not going to pop out. So, <laughs> but whoever it is, if that, that person is your, you know, you just love him. You love whatever he does. If they can make you feel that way, they're going to do that. And it's going to make them money and it's going to make him money. And, 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 and they're playing on what we were talking about before, which is people want it. They want someone to, you know, like if the most admirable person in, in your life is like your grandpa, you're just wishing for something more. There's something that I was thinking about um, while you were speaking. Another reference to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He, you know, he was so humble. By the way, I have had kind of a sickening crush on since he was a little child. <laughs> since he was 12. Yes. Well, when he was like on, you know, Third Rock from the Sun, I was oh, like, I right. can't wait till he grows up. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Well, you know, Mark and Mark Maron and, and, and he were talking about uh, his career. And, and Joseph was saying something like, look. Um, sure, I'm, I'm, I consider myself good at my craft, but I've also been exceedingly lucky. Yeah. And I think there is a certain ego about some successful artists where I, I feel like they think they are where they're at because just of how great they are. And that really, wait, hold on. That, that, so this is something that I struggle with. I really struggle with how much is talent, but how much is just luck and timing? And, and I guess my point is, is that I really believe there's a thousand super talented art, writers, uh, singers, just as talented as Bruce Springsteen, but so much is, is you know, who, yes. you, who you sleep with, who yes. you're around, your circle. Yes. And I, I don't know. Who you met on that certain day. <laughs> Look, the, I mean, I am a, you know, I am an aging actor who doesn't work enough. I don't want this to sound bitter and weird because it, because I'm not bitter. I am weird, but I'm not bitter. (laughs) I, I, you know, I could easily have, I, I, the quality of the work that I do is such that I could be working all the time, but things have not for all kinds of reasons happen that way. And I am one of a gazillion. There are tons, you know, many of many of whom, by the way, you know, said at some point, I'm going to move on and do something else. I'm just like, I'm still doing this. Right. Um, but all most actors like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, most actors are aware of how lucky they are. There are, you know, a, um, a teacher of mine once said very wisely that if you really want to see 
the salt of the earth, best actors go see theater in the small theaters around the country where they're just, they're still banging away and doing it because those are the people that do it because they have to, Hmm. you know, they, they, they're not making a great living. They're still acting because it fulfills them. Um, And you're going to see some crap too, but still, you know, I guess it bothers me sometimes uh, actually quite regularly when I see people in this state of, I I am just so amazing. And it's because I'm so great that I'm in mission impossible 10. And it's like, Uh, when when you see people on, uh, you know, talking about their craft and it's like, get the fuck out of here. It's not craft. You're not crafted. You know? Yes. I I've been with you a hundred percent about that all along. I, I, uh, I agree. Um, a long time ago, um, Will Smith was on inside the actor's studio. I, I mean, this, you know, a long time ago when he was, you know, fresh off fresh Prince of Bel-Air and, and Will Smith is, is, is someone who all these many years later, having learned his craft on set is you know pretty good. But at that time, I could barely contain my rage as I watched, you know, James Lipton, like stick his tongue up Will, Will Smith's ass, basically. Right. Being like, huh, and how did you learn, you know, to be so genuine? And, and Will Smith was really, I don't remember his specific answers, but he was, he was speaking as though he had all this, you know, wisdom and training. It was like, get, stop it. Yeah. Uh, but so, yes, I get that. I get that 100%. But that's I mean, a great example. We do treat them as royalty. And I, I don't, and, and it bothers me. And I don't want to get, I know this, this could rub you the wrong way, but I will say that Emmy's performance, everybody there, no masks, all the all the people that are, that are like working on staff, clearly I'm sure we're vaccinated. They're all wearing masks. It's just such, it's such bad optics. And I just, the idea that whoever's running the Emmys is not saying, you know something, we should probably have the people that are waiting on them or bringing drinks not wear masks because let's face it, they're all vaccinated. That's the only way they got in there. I I just, we, it's like we perpetuate this, their royalty attitude. And I just, it it drives me nuts sometimes. I don't, and I think about like the teachers who I think about people that are struggling to get to literally put food on the table over the last 20 months. It's like, and here we are. I mean, I'm kind of thankful that the Oscars, um, their ratings last year were just like went through the toilet. Cause I'm almost thinking, huh, maybe people are waking up to this idea that, you know, maybe we give them a little bit too much attention. I, yes. I, just, I don't know. It's well, yes. And, 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 you know, there's another part to that too. Like I, I get it. It, it does. It, it looks terrible for people to be all gowned up and, you know, um, celebrating one another. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, look, I, 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 you know, I used to come in and talk to you about the, sorry to interrupt. You know, I, I love talking about movies. I mean, I love being moved by, by, I don't know any, any like even Die Hard. I I remember seeing that when I was like twelve or thirteen. I love them. I saw it ten times. But you know, you bring up that point of like Will Smith and James Lipton just kissing his ass. We do have this way of treating them like like royalty. It's it's interesting. 
Because, because, because um, it goes back to what you were saying. There is, there's some, you know, you're making an okay point um, <laughs> that people want to look up to people. Yeah. And so, you know, Will Smith is a rising young star. James Lipton is going to do that, you know, genuine yeah. Because because that's what James Lipton does, frankly, also. I mean, that show was just hilarious anyway. <laughs> right. But also, but also because in a way, then this is just occurring to me now, it's like, oh my God, you're you're so lucky. What makes you so special? How'd you do it? Yeah. You know? And and you know, at that point, I think also a young Will Smith was 100% committed to a life as an actor. That's what he was going to do. But, you know, he had had opportunities that that lots of people don't have at that point in his life. It, as a mature person, I know because he has said it now, he knows how lucky he was. Uh, so maybe it's, maybe it's also, you know, youth. Hmm. Like young actors. And, and the other thing is when, 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 when your manager and your agent and the publicity machine and the studio and the network are all going, my God, you're a phenomenon. You're incredible. How, whoa. And you're 18 or 20. You're like, I guess I am. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. We're giving you shitloads of money. And, you know, and you're, you're emancipated from your parents. You get to go live in a mansion in Brentwood. You're a genius. And you're like, and then someone in the press says, so how do you feel about, um, you know, whatever it is? And you start with, well, as you know, I'm a phenomenon and a genius. So good. I'm, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, right. And I'm 21. You know, I, yeah, but that is not the fault of that actor. That is the that is the fault of the machine around that actor. And there are, you know, there are there. there Joseph Gordon-Levitt is an example of someone who didn't do that. He he didn't go. That, he in fact quit acting for a while. Mm -hmm. He was done. He went to I forget where he went to like NYU or Columbia or somewhere and was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And what, like the story that I've heard that uh, that I read somewhere, was that he couldn't quit because he really is an actor, you know. It 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 was it is his way of expressing himself artistically, and he he realized he didn't want to give it up, but he also wanted to be educated and he also wanted to be a normal person. Um, to some degree, Drew Barrymore is an example of that. You know, she was like out of her mind and in clubs and in rehab when she was like 12, right. you know, and she got her shit together. Um, but that, which also brings us to all of those child actors who have become tragic figures because of that need, you know, that people have. So let's, how about this, Eddie? Not that actors need to be lionized, but that, the, the industry lionizes them and then just kind of throws them out there. Yeah. Well, here, here's, see if they'll survive. here's my last point. Um, 
And this touches on what you're oh, talking about. You have about. notes. So unfair. No, I don't have notes. This is, I, I take, <laughs> I, I know, I take pride in being uh, extemporaneous. Yeah. So, you know, we've been working on these, these focus groups um, for this television company. And I asked, I asked this question ad nauseum. How many hours of television are you watching a week? And I'm telling you, 70, 80% of people are saying, you know, 30, 35 hours. And they always follow that by saying, oh, you know, it's the pandemic. So, you know, right. and, and I really, I got rid of Netflix um, six weeks ago. And, and, you know, this goes to your point. I really think we have been hoodwinked to value that sort of content. Like that's more important than going for a walk or reading a book, or um, I, I, you know, writing, being your own creator. I really think about this this idea. I was listening to another podcast. Are you an active participant in 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 life, or are right. you, or are you passive? It's it's one thing to watch The Handmaid's Tale, or you know, listen to a new YouTube record because I'm looking for ideas. But it's another thing when you are spending 30, 40 hours a week to watch television. And this is my point of my podcast. It's it's like, do you have the awareness? Are, are you even awake enough to realize that you just wasted 40 hours this past week watching television? And, and Neil Portman in his book says, if you're watching two, the average human being watches like two to four hours of television a day, spread out over 70, 80 years, that comes to 10 years of your life. And I really, I don't know if it's getting older, the pandemic, this book, but I, I just, to your point, we, I really feel like we're sort of these, these feeble-minded creatures where because the television looks pretty, and, and again, it goes to our obsession with iPhones and screens, like we have this adoration towards the visual and it's, it's like all these devices and it's, it's like, it's it's almost I know we all think that we have choices, but it damn, it's so hard to resist the 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 titillating temptation of of the TV and the cell phones, turn it off and and like be a more active participant. Well, preach. Preach, dude. Yeah, right. Uh, but because I I don't disagree with that. Uh and that, you know, um the the pandemic was a situation in which people sort of admitted to it hmm. um, and and consumed more content because, you know, they were not allowed to go out and do other things. I will say this, too, um, about, you know, doing it as an alternative to being creative or participating yourself. For you and for me, that is a real concern. There are a ton a ton of people in the world who don't particularly care about or want to create anything. Right. And they are the majority of the audience. And they and you and I, as people who create, need to be grateful to those people. Yeah, but this isn't just about... Right. This isn't, it, sorry, it, but it goes, I believe it goes, you know, this isn't just about creator versus non-creator. This is active passive participating in, yeah. in life and, and i really maybe i'm a you know old school here but i, I do feel like if you're you know um um 
brought, I can't think of brought down, but if you're restricted to, you know, 140 characters or less on Twitter, if you are only watching television and not reading, if you're only, like all of these things, I do think shrink people's uh, brains in this weird sort of yeah, yeah, they do. I, I so do. I, I mean, I'm, but, but you know. I would say this, um, I, and I, you know, but if you took away, if if you took away and and did it in a way where they didn't know they had ever had it, if if you took away TV and you also took away the memory of TV, if if you took away, um, you know, all of the passive ways that you can pass your time, there's still a ton of people who would then sit in a chair <laughs> right. and do figure out how to do something else to avoid participating in their lives. Mm. There is a, you know, there is a, um, some people have the need to explore their minds and the world and other people are just getting through the day. Yeah. And and as I say that, I sound judgmental because to me I can't I can't imagine being that person. But for those people it's like, yeah, I mean, I go to work, I come home. I, you know, I have kids, I, I we do the things that you do with your kids and then they grow up and then I I I'm going to, you know, play golf and I'm going to Right. Or, or not, or not play golf. No, I won't play golf because that's. But but you know what I mean. They're they the fact that they aren't out being larger, bigger, more spiritually connected people is not a problem to them. Yeah. And I don't think uh, you know if it isn't TV, if it isn't the internet, if it isn't movies, you know, if it isn't a vibrator. Whatever it's, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's it it's it's going to be there. It's going to be some other way to pass their time on the planet um, in a sort of non-participatory way. One and not not everybody wants to look at themselves. One more point, just because of what we were just talking about, that I I think about um, and I talk about a lot. You know, I just finished, I spent, you know, 18 months on a record. It's finally done. I've been working on a book for like three, four years. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost done. And and then I say to myself, what does it take to get anybody to care? Like to, to, to sort of like turn off whatever they're doing for, like, it just felt like 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was easier to get somebody's attention for 30 minutes or like, you know, um, I, 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 I feel like to, to navigate this insanely distracted world, um, I, I really, I, I say to myself without taking off clothes, without like, showing nonstop drugs on like, like, what is it? I, I feel like Parasite was such an anomaly for me because it was like, here's a movie that's just, it's just great. And people yeah. went to see it. So clearly I do believe that people still yearn for high quality art, but gosh, I, I, it's like, what does it take to, to get that to be sort of like mainstream? What does it take to get people's attention? You know? Well, 
for one thing, it takes enough of it. Hmm. You know, the parasite is unique. Um, so there has to be, a, you know, people will, this is, I will say this. I think that both the film and television industries are guilty of dumbing things down when in fact, I think their audiences are more adept and smarter hmm. than they think they are. I think that the things that they think wouldn't sell would sell. Um, hmm. and, and I'm not sure that we'll ever be able to change that because they use their stupid, you know, algorithms and, and focus groups, um, <laughs> you know, to, to arrive at the idea that, you know, that something banal is just too sophisticated. Um, so one thing that, that makes, that, that would make, uh, the mainstream more filled with quality would be if there were more quality available, if it, if it, if it could get made, yeah. you know, Par Parasite was made in Korea. It wasn't made here. Mm, right. You know? Um, so, and then also though, I also think your, uh, your, your frustration with your work, not you know, with working so hard on something and, and having such a hard time getting it noticed isn't unique. There are a lot of artists that feel the way that you do. And, and the longer you and I are at this and everyone else is at this, the more that part of it becomes incredibly frustrating. And to be in an era when there is just so much content all over the place. Right. It, it does like, I, I feel your pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I'm not sure that your, your struggle with, with being noticed as an artist and the way that the world is moving are, um, necessarily in conflict. Like I, I think, hmm. you know, I, 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 if you flip it and you look at it another way, this is shit I tell myself every day so I can just keep going. Um, there are so many more outlets for us to use, to be noticed. Um, you know, and, and, and you can put together an album all by yourself and have it made and done and out there. You know, yeah. I mean, still, you know, it's still it's still worth the effort. Yeah, I mean, I think I've learned the process of of creation is so um, cathartic, enjoyable. Yeah. It I feel alive. So it, you know, that's primarily why I'm doing it. And and yeah. honestly, my videos have gotten more views. I've gotten more accolades than ever before it's like i've never understood the sophomore slump with records and i i think a lot of it is because you spend 15 years on your first record you get a record right. you get a record deal then the label's like okay we need another one in a year and <laughs> i know but I, I just you know i think um yeah i just i think about i i guess the world is a better place for all of us when the standards of quality are high, higher, you know. Yes, couldn't couldn't agree more. See, we do agree. <laughs> we do agree. But, but but the thing is, um, you and I are not in a position to raise the standard. So the alternative is to create things that are up to our standard hmm. and make sure that they get seen or yeah. heard or you know 
listen to. Like this podcast. Yeah, this was good. <laughs> no, we, you know, we, I think it's because we had all these talks over the years. We, you, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny listening to you try to disagree with me on a point that you agree with, but you're still searching for a way to get the other side. I like, like, I like that. That was good. Yeah. Well, cause, because I just want to make sure we're covering the whole, yeah, no, it's good. you know, the whole question. Yes. Yes. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, I mean, honestly, if we get back to Val Kilmer for just one moment. Sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up with Val, with shall Val. we? Yeah, best, uh-huh. act, best actor of our generation. Best actor of our generation. Well, that's the thing. Like, that, I mean, I, I, I feel for him. Uh, and, you know, when he is, when he is, sitting now in his, you know, meditation room with all that fucking turquoise all over him, watching his documentary over and over again, because I kind of think that's probably what he's doing. Um, That's who he made it for. Yeah. He made it for himself. You know, the fact that he's Val Kilmer got it out there. Yeah. And 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 what makes me sad is that maybe that's going to be his legacy. You know, the, the thing where he was signing the autographs and stuff was just so sad. And and he says it. He says, you know, I don't always feel good about doing this, but it reminds me. But but seeing people that liked my work and and he's talking about movies that he liked that he made makes him feel good. Like he just wants to feel better. Yeah. And he, we had an opportunity to look into his world and see him in that painful state. And so I think at the end of the day, Val Kilmer is brave. Hmm. Okay. Well, and, and really, really gross. <laughs> and he has terrible tasting clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this was great. It's always good. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, this is the first time I've seen you in like a year and a half. It's been a, maybe, well, maybe the last time we did a podcast. It's been a long time, right? Because I know we did a podcast once. I think we the pandemic. We haven't done one during the pandemic. We haven't? Okay, gosh. No, so, the yeah. last time we saw each other was like on March 12th when we were like, I'm not coming back. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like a year and eight months ago. So, Polly, this was great. I appreciate you taking the time. You're, you're like, you, you have, I think this is your third time on the show. You, you're not, a couple of people have been on the show four times, so you haven't quite uh, re- reached that uh, what, what threshold. What do I get? Do I get a jacket or something? <laughs> you, you get, a, you get a, 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 an emergency. Oh, yes. Awesome. <laughs> vitamin, awesome. Vitamin C is very important these days, so I'll, I'll mail you Indeed. some emergency. <laughs> great, great. I'm in the club. I'm in the club. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Bye.